Like that's all it boils down to because I know sometimes people can hear the word boundaries and go, oh, here they go again. Like, what is this? new agey idea (laughs) there's nothing foreign about it it's just how it's the expectations that we have upon ourselves and that we have upon other people and the way that we want to move in the world hello and welcome to this week's episode of living fullness i'm stina constantine and joining me on the podcast is father sean burns each week you'll hear us chat about a range of topics from virtue to relationships comments on cultural shifts and lessons we're learning as we go along and we're so happy to have you join us so sit back and enjoy being part of a conversation with a couple of friends how are you going padre i have hot chocolate that's how i'm going okay is that a good thing I have hot chocolate and that's a very good thing. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. I have one too. It's a mint oh, one. I'm very happy. <laughs> this is your happy place. This is my happy place. <laughs> hot chocolate in hand. <laughs> Recording. Padre's in his happy place. Yeah. What's been happening other than your hot chocolate? Well, I've been interviewing some prospective applicants for the seminary. Ooh. So. Uh, what does an interview look like for a prospective seminarian? Well, there's questions and... I ask them. (laughs) I try not to give too much away. It's pretty simple. It's not that secret. It's just a, uh, covers a number of things. So firstly, the application form. I go in and fill out the application form with them and write it down. I ask subsequent questions as a result of that. The application form has some interesting things on it too, like have you ever killed anyone or have you, because Mm. that's an impediment against ordination. Mm. If you killed someone, you can't become a priest except by dispensation from the bishop. So Mm. I just get to know them a little bit and uh, I already know them by this stage quite well. But I get to sort of just say, how do you see your vocation having developed to this point? Like, could you describe your journey to this particular moment? Mm -hmm. How did you arrive here Mm -hmm. at this interview? What strengths and weaknesses are you going to be really looking to work on when you're in the seminary? Yeah, nice. What are the things? You know, so if they're overseas, I'm also asking them questions like, well, why why Wagga? Um, Why Australia? Why do you want to come here for? So, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, wow. That's that's sort of what's going on there. Sounds a bit intense. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's good though. Yeah, that's good. Sure, yeah. sure. How about yourself? For me, I finished the Be Healed course run at the cathedral, your parish, a couple of weeks ago. So just kind of going back over the course and adjusting things. Yes. You know, you can work many hours on creating a course, but it's not until you actually run it that you can see where the fine tuning needs to happen. 100%. So, yeah, just kind of tweaking that. And I had the took the opportunity a couple of weeks ago to read some of the feedback that we got from the participants. And there was some very moving feedback when we asked them what they actually got out of the course. That's um, good. You kind of imagine that the responses you'll get will be content related. And there was a few that wrote some very personal things about how this course has kind of shifted their personal relationship with God, which was not something I certainly was expecting to see in sure. that feedback form. So sure, sure. That was really beautiful. That moves hearts. That's good. Yeah. And thank you for so. running it too. Yeah, pleasure. You could really see the fruit. So in today's conversation, I guess we are going to have a little bit of a chat around boundaries. Kind of um, spoken about boundaries in season one. Yeah. But I don't think we've actually dedicated like an episode no, to boundaries. No, no. It's, so it's I think we've it's, not really um, dedicated an episode to, so yeah. let's, let's do it. Let's and this one sort of came with up. the um, encouragement of one of our Patreon patrons. Yes. <laughs> patrons on Patreon. Patreon. Yes. <laughs> so thanks for the suggestion. Okay. So uh, let's talk about a few different um, areas that we might need to consider boundaries. Maybe the first and very obvious one is physical boundaries. Okay. So any kind of immediate thoughts that jumps at you in terms of physical boundaries? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, first of all, I'd go with um, boundaries with oneself. 
uh, in terms of healthy eating, which <laughs> admittedly yeah. I'm not always great at, healthy eating, sort of um, even things like sleep. Yes. Um, although that's also probably mentally uh, a mental thing as Both, well. yeah. But it's, it's definitely for physical operation, like actually setting boundaries for yourself in terms of, of sleep, food, even uh, work and play. Uh, you know, how much time do I spend at work? How much time do I spend at play? Knowing your limits physically as well. There's a boundary that you can't push past because if you do, you're going to hurt yourself. Uh, I'm thinking like lifting certain things or, mm. which I mean, these, these are all so, so mundane, but they're all actually boundaries that we need to be aware of physically. Yeah. If we're going to give due care to, <clears throat> to the body that God has given us. So often when we think of physical boundaries, we do think about it in the context of with someone else. Yeah. And we'll get to that in due course, but there also needs to be a healthy sense of physical boundaries with ourselves as well so that we're looking after ourselves and loving ourselves in the good sense. Yeah. I guess just to backtrack as well, when we talk about boundaries, all boundaries really are is like a, a limit or an end point or a frame around how you operate, which is all based on our expectations. Like that's all it boils down to because I know sometimes people can hear the word boundaries and go, oh, here they go again. Like what is this? new agey idea. (laughs) There's nothing foreign about it. It's just how it's the expectations that we have upon ourselves and that we have upon other people and the way that we want to move in the world. So bearing that in mind, when it comes to physical boundaries, I guess for me, it comes down to what is it that we're creating boundaries around? Why do we even need these boundaries physically? And, And that comes down to our body being sacred, that we actually have an obligation to care for the physical body that we have. So all of those things that you're talking about are essential in order for us to show reverence to the body that we have been given. Temples of the Holy Spirit, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Even with that too, this sort of does go to the physicality aspect, but time as well. Like how much, how do you guard your time? How do you spend your time? Is time spent too often or too frequently in recreation or is it spent too much or too frequently at work is work chewing up family time or are you not setting boundaries around hanging out with friends or what you're saying yes to from your employer or from you know like that that all includes i think is included in setting boundaries around your time as well and where you're going to be and all that sort of thing yeah yeah definitely i mean even the simple things like you were talking about with sleep you know are we actually putting aside adequate time for rest for our bodies to be recharged (laughs) at the end of the day, which doesn't just start with the moment we drag ourselves to bed. It actually starts way earlier than that of what we do in the steps leading up to create a space that sleep hygiene wise, uh, it's optimal for us to get the sleep that's required. So, you know, all of those things, absolutely. When it comes to time and also, like you were saying, being mindful of whether we're putting aside too much time in Mm. one space, in one area that isn't helpful for us to thrive or we're not giving enough time to other areas that need adequate time. Absolutely. So what about emotional and mental boundaries? Yeah, these ones are a little bit harder to draw clear-cut lines around for some things. I guess when it comes to emotions, the very first line I would draw is that emotions are not meant to be messed with. So anything that perpetually messes with our emotions, whether it's because of the things that we're viewing or the people we might be associating with, doing too much of one thing or not enough of another, that's not ideal for our health and well-being. 
and I think would communicate something about how we treat ourselves and perhaps even how low we value our own mental health and well-being if yeah. we allow for those things to continue to exist in our space. And and I know that this can be a space, particularly for women, that's very challenging. We I hear from stories of women all the time who are willing to go to the nth degree for people all of the time, regardless of what their emotional state may be at. So almost to the detriment of themselves, go to the, you know, who if someone needs them for something, go and do whatever is required without taking stock of you. But am I actually in a place of abundance where I can give away or am I so depleted that I actually don't have anything else to offer? In which case what we're offering is not actually the best that we've got to offer for that other person anyway, Mm. but also doesn't show reverence to who we are either. So both that emotional and mental space is something that deserves to be protected, but we're also meant to give from that space too, but give from a place where we actually have something to give, not from a place where we're actually running on empty. Absolutely. It's so important to be able to give of ourselves generously, but also to know that giving of ourselves generously doesn't mean putting ourselves in harm's way. Like mentally and emotionally putting ourselves in harm's way, it doesn't mean that. Mm. And uh, I often say to my seminarians, look, I have a million problems that come to me every single day, but none of them are mine. They're problems that I will share in. They're problems that I will sit down, I will listen to. You know, I will walk with someone, but in the end, they aren't mine. Mm. That's theirs. And I can't take that on as mine because if I take that on as mine, I actually already have my own stuff. (laughs) Mm-hmm. I, I, I can't yep. take on somebody yep. else's yep. stuff yep. because if I take on somebody else's stuff, I have my stuff and somebody else's stuff. Absolutely. And that's just not that's, that's not good for mental Absolutely. health. Absolutely. No. And this is where we end up with vicarious trauma as well. Right. When right. we're sitting with other people's painful stories and some of it starts to seep into our own and we start, our lives start to have be impacted by the listening yeah. and sitting yeah. with the other person's story, which in your world as a priest – You'd be very susceptible to that with the stories that you hear. And yours as a counsellor. And me as a counsellor as well. So how about relational boundaries? Mm. So this is really taking stock of who are the people in our lives that we're in a relationship with. And that doesn't necessarily mean your spouse or your romantic partner or whatever. All sorts of relationships from the people that we call our close friends to the people that we work with to anyone that we might have any kind of regular contact with. Yeah. Maybe these are just the people that you share a pew with in church. Sure, you sure. Don't, you know, might say hi and bye, but you don't have too much of a conversation with mm. them. So just kind of taking stock of who are these people and what is the kind of relationship that we have with them. Which yep. of these relationships do we prioritise? And also knowing whether you're a priority in their relationships, like with yes. you as well. Like is it a yes. mutual thing or is it a one-way, a one-way thing? Show. Not that there's there's anything bad with having some relationships where it's one way for me as a therapist that's what happens yep, yep. <laughs> with my clients it is a one way there's a mutual relationship in so far as me building rapport with them yep. but it's a one-way street they're there to get support from me yes. uh, not the other way around yes. so there, there will be some relationships that are like that but are they generally all like that because then we have concerns there and then also questioning how much we might invest in those relationships. Yeah. Are there any where we give more than others? Mm. Are there ones that you would like to have more investment in but currently isn't? Either because you're not able to give more or because the other person isn't able to give more yeah. or, you know, whatever it might be. But, yeah, taking stock of those relationships and asking whether this is actually where you want to be. Definitely. 
that is quite important to recognize that in every relationship, there's every relationship is going to look different and there need to be boundaries in place to ensure that whatever the nature of the relationship, that it respects the nature of that relationship. It reflects the nature of that relationship. So that if you've got two friends, there's going to be something reciprocal about those boundaries. You know, and there's going to be certain expectations there that will be fulfilled that have an element of reciprocity to them. It's perhaps also worth addressing physical boundaries in the context of a romantic relationship. The reason why I take the time to address that is that it happens frequently enough as a priest. I get asked frequently some permutation of the question, how far is too far? Mm. Or what can we do as boyfriend or girlfriend or fiancés? You're sort of like, guys, you do realise that boundaries are meant to be carried with you through to your married life. Like they're not just a constraint yeah. that exists prior to marriage. Yeah. They're actually going to live in your marriage too if it's going to be a healthy marriage. Mm. So let's set boundaries that are healthy now so that you can set boundaries that are healthy in the context of your married life. Things like boyfriend and girlfriend going over at one of the other's house at nighttime to watch a movie. It's just going to end badly. Mm. Don't do it. Do it during the daytime. Daytime's great. If it's going to be a lengthy affair, invite somebody else over. Have a healthy buffer. It's it's accounting for the physical attraction that exists, the human weakness, desire to protect each other in that space. So actually bringing that expectation of mutual protection into play is just, is just so important. And probably the same thing in regards to friendships as well. Like in order to keep friendships pure and stable, particularly if they're between a man and a woman, then that friendship needs to have some pretty clear boundaries that are set around it about when they catch up, how they catch up. There needs to be almost like a sunlight principle. Your actions are for the light of day to see, like there's nothing hidden about it. You know what I mean? So there's boundaries around that that are, I think are important and, uh, and we need to be um, more aware of that. And mm. yeah. Hearing what you're saying there, I think expectation is the key word again. For me there, one, and I guess the, the conversation I would have if someone were to approach me and say, hey, how far is too far is, well, what do you expect from the relationship that you have at the moment? What are the expectations in the relationship that you have? What, what do you actually want from this relationship? So not just the protective or not just the, the limitation barriers that need to go up, yep. in, but also what are the good things that you want to foster and what yeah. are the actions that you need to live by in order to foster those good things because those are the things that you would like to have in your relationship so you're kind of working towards expecting to have these good things in your relationship so you know hence why the virtue of chastity is such a such a beautiful one Mm. when it comes to relationships because it's not just what can't we do at this point in our relationship what is the virtue that you're trying to cultivate what do you actually want from your relationship and and what are the actions you need to take then to move towards that. This is what I love about virtue is that it takes what otherwise could be seen as a religion of no into a religion of yes, mm. right? While still cultivating very clear expectations, as you say. Yeah. yeah. So what do we need to actually build boundaries properly? Yeah, so I guess the first thing is having a sense of that, the personal expectations that we were just talking about, but also having self-awareness as well. So actually knowing yourself, which again is something that we've talked about many a times on this podcast before, but it is actually essential for us to be able to grow in the kind of relationships that we want and for the kind of person that we want to be as well. We need to know where we're at right now, to be honest about that, to be transparent about mm. that, particularly mm. if we're in a relationship with another person. What would we kind of bringing? <laughs> yeah. The really good strengths that are things that we're really confident in, really secure in, and, and the places that we're not too sure about, that we're a little bit vague on, or we know are weaknesses of ours. What are we actually Definitely. bringing to the table? Definitely. 
And with that, then, is communication skills, right? Because if we have that self-awareness and we have personal expectations, we need to be able to communicate both those things. We need to be able to communicate those areas of growth. We need to be able to communicate the expectations that we have. That's It's important that we're actually able to give words to the expectations that we have and to communicate what we where we want this particular relationship, whatever it may be, where we want this relationship to go and to be open then also to receiving that from the other person too. Because communication, at least in the context of a friendship or relationship, that communication must never be a one-way street. It's always got to be a two-way street, right? So being open to receiving that from someone else as well. And um, I guess there's probably some kind of non-verbal communication in there as well. Like having some awareness of the other person's non-verbal cues and comfortable, uncomfortable, that sort of thing. But yeah, definitely being able to communicate expectations, desires, and for that to be, generally speaking, a a two-way street. And then from there, I guess it's about being assertive as well. Actually, once you've communicated what your boundaries are, holding on to that, being firm in that, not hiding that this is something you need. This is something that you expect to come from these interactions or these relationships and to be secure in that doesn't necessarily make you any kind of negative whatever it might be insert your own word but that you're actually owed that by respect you know because this is your boundaries this is about what's going to help you flourish what's going to help you feel secure Mm. um, and what's respectful between the two of you in relationship as well which ultimately comes down to what's most loving but being able to be assertive in that and just acknowledging too that we can only ever control what we do we can never control what somebody else does yes so it's actually on us if the other person is not adhering to our boundaries or overstepping our boundaries it's on us to be assertive and say whoa whoa hold it (laughs) i think i communicated myself perfectly clear this is what i expect i do not like this Mm. please don't do that again and then if it happens again well, then we need to have a consequence to that. You need yes. to really reconsider, is this a relationship you want to continue when you know that this is someone who oversteps your boundary? Definitely. Not by accident, but... But purposely transgresses, right? Or even, okay, purposely transgresses is one thing, but you might also have someone who's just so woefully unaware that they continually to sort of carelessly transgress that boundary. And in which case you've got to act again. You're going to yeah. say, hey, this is not okay. Yeah, and that's yeah. where that accountability comes yeah. in. It's again on us <coughs> to hold them accountable because it's our boundary. That's we, right. we can't expect other people to know what our boundary is. Like we need to take ownership of that. Just as we can't <coughs> expect to know what everybody else's boundary is in our lives. We no. kind of, ex- when we enter into a, a decent friendship or a relationship, we kind of expect to be able to move freely and to be able to trust them enough to know that if you accidentally do something that you didn't intend to do as in cause some sort of distress to that other person that you didn't intend to do that that other person will speak up and say whoa please don't do that again that makes me feel uncomfortable or yes. I don't like that yes. or I, or I, here's right, my limit right. this is as far as I'm right. willing to go yeah. like it's it's on them to communicate that back to us but also that's how it builds trust yes that's how we build trust in them so we have to do the same thing we have to offer them opportunities to make a change by helping them to realise what our boundary is. Because it's our boundary, not theirs. Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you very much, Tina, for that. That was wonderful. Yeah. A truth, beauty and goodness. Why don't you go first this time, Padre? Okay. My truth, beauty and goodness is the course that you ran for my parish. In particular, you gave them a new orientation, a new way of looking at the wounds in their lives and a new way of seeing Christ's healing active in them, particularly in, in just something as simple as... God actually wants to give you the gift of healing, not simply because he wants you to be on mission or something like that, but just because he loves you 
and he wants to give you the gift of healing and really challenging them to see that and seeing what lies crop up as a result of that and whether they actually believe that that's true or not and just it's given them that opportunity to really think about that and uh, hopefully for particularly for uh, you know there's a number of them that I know have yielded a great deal from that and so I'm, I'm very grateful it was a, a very beautiful very true and a very good course. So mm. thank you. Mm. Pleasure. Beautiful experience to be a part of with that group as well. How about yourself? For me, it's actually the witness of someone more recently. She's a devout Christian and I had a conversation with her. She was talking about how she was going to offer this other person something very financially generous. Who This other person was may or may not be entering into a space that might be a little bit tricky financially, not dire straits, but might become a little more stressful. And she was just sharing that she was thinking of stepping in and kind of alleviating that for that person. And I was very quick to jump in and say, hey, whoa, whoa, like there's no expectation for you to do that. That It's one thing to give from your means. It's another to be as generous as she was expecting to be. And she was just so detached mm. by the whole thing. It was just, it was not a thing for her. And it kind of just startled me for a, a little bit. Then I thought, well, I'm not here to judge, like whatever. She knows her own financial means, whatever. Yes. Let it go kind of thing. But then later on in that conversation, she did a similar thing with someone else who may have needed some pieces of furniture and whatever else and she was quite happy to just let it go and let someone else have it and I said well well, hang on (laughs) you might need that in a few months time like maybe you won't need it for the next couple of months but hey you might need that in about six months time and again she was just so detached by the whole thing she was very quick to say if I need it God will sort it out and I remember sort of being taken aback by that too and as we continued the conversation she then kind of very quickly pointed out to me that it all belongs to God anyway (laughs) so it put me back in my place (laughs) but her witness has just made me kind of rethink my own financial attachment Mm. as well so she's just kind of made me think about attachment and detachment in a very different light and yeah that was a a beautiful light for her to shine into into my life so yeah praise God for generous people yes Yeah. yeah Well, thanks for joining us for another episode of Living Fullness. We will catch you again next week. But until then, know our love and praise. God bless. 